Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. Hello, everybody. Hello, former Diva Behavior listeners. We have some news for you this week. I am Molly Malshine. I am Sarah Armour. And this is a rebrand. We're rebranding. We're rebranding Diva Behavior as Space Trash. Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. Diva Behavior was great. We loved it. It was amazing. But we have so much astrology going on that it was time to just, you know, pivot. We had to pivot a little bit. Probably there's astrological reasons for this, right? Well, there certainly are. And I think that the biggest thing is that we just, you know, we want to include men. Well, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) They can come if they want. They can come if they want. I just, I do feel like Diva is a little bit femme-centric, and I just want everybody to know that you are of the cosmos, you are on Earth, but you are not of Earth, and and following the celebrity star patterns, as we will, will help you understand yourself and get laid. This is great stuff to share on dates. We are all made of space trash. Male, female. He, her, they, them, everything, space trash. Indeed. And I I think the name is perfect because we did just, you know, Molly's been living in London. I'm here in the U.S. And we got to see each other this past Friday. And it's so fun. And we were like, what's the new name going to be? We need a new name. And it wasn't until we actually behaved in such a foul manner Mm -hmm. that we, we really, it came to us. Right. We are trash. And we're talking about space. And we're talking about what people believe to be trash, which is pop culture. We love it. We love pop culture and celebrity news and gossip because it's so important. It's what helps us all understand each other. But other people call it trash. So it's just, it's definitely like a wink and a nod to that. We're leaning right in. Yeah. And to the fact that we both threw up this weekend because we hung out. We threw up. I I threw up in a way that I've never thrown up before. And now I do think it's, it's definitely, um, you know, it, it's special for these times. There was never an opportunity to do what I did before. But I, uh, I guess I should tell everybody that it's not that we necessarily drank too much. It's like, I think there was the combination. Mm-hmm. So we basically went empty stomachs, oysters, mm-hmm. and tequila, which even just thinking about it now, I do feel a little vomitando. It's a funny... It's a funny combination, you know, and it sounds like it should be a good combination because both of them are sort of by the sea. Do you know what I mean? When you're drinking tequila or margaritas, it's often something that you drink on vacation when you're looking out at the water and oysters are from the water, but who knew that they are the most lethal combination, but also let's be honest, that's not all you did. Well, right. So then I snuck away and I ate a little edible in the bathroom. And then when Molly went to the bathroom, I took a hit of these bros. We met some bros, some Delco guys. They were Montco. They were Montco guys. Oh, my God. They were Montco. So there were some Montco bros and they offered me to hit their weed pen, which was very strong. And then Molly returned from the bathroom and I had to excuse myself right away. I returned from the bathroom and you were slumped over like weekend at Bernie's. And you had been melted. And you had been like in a full on Adderall state before that. So I was like, what happened? Like, did you get roofied? What is going on? Right. So I was very up, couple of tequila shots, oysters, edibles, and a weed pen later, and I had melted into my chair. I was like the Alex Mack puddle. Remember when she used to just turn into the so I literally just, I just talk about getting faded, okay? Space trashed. I was trashed. And at one point, I realized that I was going to puke, which I haven't really done for years. Like, 
I mean, every once in a while you have a little, you know, a little puke, you know, but I was like, I'm going to puke. And I was about to try to go to the bathroom and I realized I don't have time. And so what did I do? You puked in your mask. Puked in my mask. I puked in my Nama Blaze mask. And, and then you showed it to me. Well, I, no one would believe me if I said it. And <laughs> I want to say though, this is why we really work together. Like I know that I found a, a, a partner, a co-host because Molly was speaking so passionately about British men versus uh, Philadelphian men that they were so wrapped up that they did not notice that the fourth person sitting there was actually vomiting into her mask. And then I put them, I took the mask off, I put it down and I went and I got napkins and I'm just sitting there wiping my face no one even noticed. So I do feel pretty proud of myself too, just knowing that I can handle that kind of situation with such grace. You know, I really feel I played it off well. And um, luckily I had a bunch of masks on me. So I just fucking swapped one out for the other and we went about our night. And then I did rally. I did have a pretty good rally. I mean, the other hard thing was I was wearing platform Ugg house slippers. Furry ones. And it was raining. I was nervous for walking, but we made it home. Yeah, we had to evacuate the dance floor after you showed me your pukey mask, which I had a pukey mask, which was inexplicably pink. And my <laughs> favorite thing is that you brought it back with us and you saved it. You threw it in the washing machine. Yeah. And at the time I was like, yeah, she'll just wash it. And then the next day I was like, what? what? Couldn't, wouldn't Sean have given you a new one? I don't know. It was a gift. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to ask for too much. I don't, it's, you know, Sean was so kind to send me and I'm a blaze mask and it really looks so cool. And it's really the only cool mask I have. Um, And it actually is very, it's a very bad mask. It doesn't, it's very low coverage. It's pretty light and just sort of hangs. And so for every reason, it's my favorite mask. And I just know I I had to, I also wanted to remember, you know, I, I wouldn't, now when I put that mask on, I did wash it twice. I've been wearing it around and I am laughing every time I hit a mirror or I see myself in a reflection. I just think back to the time that I puked in this mask, like (laughs) last week. And it's not stained. Well, it was already so stained from lipstick. That I don't, I'm not sure that it would show up. It was pink like the lipstick. I don't know why it was pink, but it was pink and it was lipstick. You know, it actually just blends right in with my schmears. And then I joined the Space Trash Brigade the next day. Hilarious. Now, I was surprised because you actually were, I mean, you were drunk, but you were like, fine. Like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, Molly's never going to hang out with me again. Like, I literally melted at the table. But then I felt so much better when you messaged me the next day. Tell them what happened to you. I I felt, oh, a real, a true peer. So the next day I had to go try on wedding dresses and I was really excited to do this. I didn't think I was going to find my wedding dress. So I drank like 30 glasses of Prosecco the night before. (laughs) So my cousin was driving. It was such a fun little like outing. But as soon as I got in the car, I got really started to get really car sick. And I was like, oh my God, I am actually going to Ralph. So my mom and my other cousin poured out this big reusable shopping bag in the back seat and they handed it to me. And I was sitting there and first I had this really long, loud burp that came from the depths of hell and like channeled through me. It was the craziest burp I've ever heard in my life. And my cousin Mara was in the back seat and she said she watched the whole, she watched it through the the side mirror of the car and she was like I cannot believe the faces you were making that was crazy so I thought I was out of the woods after the crazy burp but no then a few minutes later we were on an off-ramp of the highway and we were stuck behind a student driver in a Mack truck so we were going two miles per hour and I was like oh my god it's ha- it's gonna happen so I I just started puking in the bag and it was probably two gallons of puke I had just chugged a Diet Coke, so it smelled like Diet Coke. We didn't even eat anything. I know. Well, I ate a, and then I had, we had to pull over so I could throw the bag of puke out in a Dunkin' Donuts trash can. I was just holding this bag of two gallons of puke. It was awful. And then when we got to the wedding store, I was just running on adrenaline and I found my wedding dress and it was was amazing. Yeah. Well, I do think on some level- you did it right. I mean, you did want to be thin for this fitting. And in fact, there is no way to be thinner than to puke two gallons of whatever is in you right beforehand. I think on some level, the universe was answering your prayers. Absolutely. And then I think I also got food poisoning from the oysters because 
uh, bad things continued to happen for the rest of the day. After the dress fitting, we got back to my grandma's house and I ate 20 McDonald's chicken nuggets and a large fry. So then we turned on the news to find out where the Chinese rocket was going to be. And the news lady said something about space trash. And I just turned to my cousin, the same one who had watched me burp up, you know, Beelzebub earlier. The real one. Yeah. And I was like, space trash. And she was like, what? And I was like, that's the podcast, Space Trash. And then we came up with our log line, which is lifestyles of the rich in Uranus. And we're cooking with gas. Yeah, I would say this was one of the most successful Bootin' rallies these two Jersey girls have ever had. 100%. This so, is a reboot and rally. This is a reboot and rally. Oh my God. <laughs> it's a reboot and rally. Reboot and rally, you guys. Welcome to Space Trash. We are your Space Trash hosts, and we are going to be talking about lifestyles of the rich and Uranus every week, maybe more. It depends on your listenership. And join our Patreon. So the first level is Space Cadet, $5 per month. And you can offer general support so that you can discuss each episode with fellow space trashlings within our Patreon. You'll also be able to read and comment on blog posts about big news events. The second level, $10 per month, is to be a cosmonaut. You will get the moral high ground of knowing that you're paying more for content, plus everything you get in the Space Cadet tier, plus bonus episodes that deep dive into the astrology of the week's events or the guests that we have on. Yes. So those bonus episodes are going to be for the people who really, really want to learn astrology. And the final tier of our Patreon is Supernova VIP. You will get the bonus episodes. You will get the membership to the Patreon to discuss things every week. And you will get a monthly Zoom roundtable where we will talk about whatever all of our Supernova VIPs want to talk about. And Sarah has her moonule that she would like to invite everybody to twice a month. It's every two weeks. It's on the new moon and full moon. And it's so fun. And so we'll, we want to invite you to that to, to join us. There's comedians every week. There's musicians. We do astrology. You can get tarot readings. There's an after party. This is a can't miss event. And we're really excited to invite you and to bring us into our little space world. Right. If you are a listener to Space Trash, you got to come to the moonules every two weeks because they're incredible and interactive. So let's get into the news of the week. Love it. Real quick, yesterday was Mother's Day. Yes. I took my mom out for dinner, and we, of course, talked about the grisly details of birth, as most people do <laughs> on Mother's Day. Yes. And my mom reminded me how she gave birth to my sister and me without an epidural. What? Yes. And she is not a big lady. She is petite like me. She's 5'2". We do not have childbirthing hips. We have druid bodies. We're kind of built like SpongeBob in this family. It's not a good idea for us to be doing things like that. She gave birth without an epidural. And she did it because she met some woman at a party who was pregnant. And the woman said, I'm not using an epidural because I want to feel what Eve felt. And my mom was like, whoa, that is profound. I'm doing it. it for Eve? She did it for Eve. That's hilarious. Is your, is your mother, are, are your family religious? Uh, well, we're Catholic, but like, not really. I think she, it was just a mystical thing for her. She was like, this okay. will connect me to every woman throughout history. Wow. Okay, cool. And yeah, like, of course, Eve wouldn't have used pain meds or demanded pain meds. No, she's now, actually meant to feel all the pain. She, we actually, we, Eve is meant to take the brunt of everyone's pain and we're, we're blaming society and all of our sins on her pretty much. Exactly. So I'm like, whenever I have kids, I'm definitely going to take ever. I want to be on the Betty Draper plan. I want them to knock me out and not even let my husband in and wake me up when the baby's already out and they can put my, my lipstick on me while I'm out cold. And then when I come to, I'm cute again. Yeah. I feel the exact same. Yeah. That's what I'm planning. So my question is, what do you think Lilith would do and give us a quick spark notes on who Lilith is in terms of astrology and the Bible? So Lilith is actually Adam's first wife. So Eve, you know, she came after, you know, there was creation and then it was like, well, and, and we sent a woman to man from his rib to be his partner for life and blame all of society's problems on her, right? How and do we that, know about Lilith? Because she's not in the Bible. She is in the Bible. So actually Lilith is in, I, I could look it up, but I, I could, remind me afterwards, I'll put it in the notes, but there is a, a, an early passage in the Bible when they describe Adam 
coming from dust and being born of dust. He actually said, th- th- there's actually lines in the Bible that are like, they were born of dust, man, woman. And then she was scrubbed. But whenever the, whenever the Christians came and scrubbed the early Bible to kind of make it into their own image and their own likeness, they took out anything that was about Lilith. And she became demonized and she was kind of this this demonic feminine creature that Eve was trying not to be like, right? But actually they forgot the one line. So so there is biblical evidence of Lilith and Lilith basically was Adam's first wife. She left the Garden of Eden after trying to get him to care if she came or not. She was like, let me, let me on top, let me have a little fun, eat my pussy, right? He was like, nah, girl, I'm here to put my dick in your hole. And she was like, okay, well, you're whack. I'm out. And so there was all this mythology about how she was banished from the Garden of Eden. And then she became this demon and she ate babies in their, from their cribs, et cetera. But and really, this is all because she demanded pleasure. She just wanted pleasure. She just wanted equality, really. So it's sort of like the first feminist icon, if you think about it. And if you look at, if you look at feminists, like famous feminists throughout history, they all have extremely prominent Lilith. So in their, in their natal chart. So Lilith is a, is sort of a marker and a symbol. She also was the, when we're talking about asteroids and astrology, most of the things that we are, you know, the planets, the asteroids, these are mostly Greek and Roman, right. And, and very Christian. Lilith was the first Jewish, you would call her everyone, deity, demon, you know, uh, presence to really have a seat at the table. The other thing with Lilith is there are stories that say that she ended up then birthing like thousands of babies a day and then half, half of them would get killed. I don't know. It was like all sorts of messed up stuff. So, you know, first of all, if she was birthing thousands of babies a day, I do think give her the good drugs. Okay. A woman who's down to, to make coming a, a big priority in her life, she, uh, she enjoys pleasure. You know, so I think demand solutions for this pain issues. I think should. So I have two thoughts on those. One or the other. Either definitely Lilith gets drugged and she's just high all the time, enjoying the fruits of her labor, even though half of them are going to die. If they're all going to die anyway, she's going to want to be high, right? But then the other piece of it is, if Lilith didn't take an epidural, the only reason would be is because she gets off on the pain. I mean, I do think with a backstory like being banished from the Garden of Eden and then written out by all the Christians in the Bible and really, if anything, being, you know, completely demonized and trashed, I think we could have a bit of a masochist on our hands. You know, we could have someone who's like, yeah, you know, it could have led her into a weird BDSM journey that, and who knows where the pain and pleasure begin and end. So I think either she's hella drugged or she loves the pain. I think that sounds really accurate. Definitely true on all accounts. And I am definitely going to take a cue from Lilith and take all the drugs. Take all the drugs. And if for whatever reason you can't get the drugs, make it fun. That's great advice too. I guess that's what a water birth is for. Right. Exactly. Let's get into our news of the week. Our theme this week, you know, whenever I'm putting together all of the things that we're going to talk about, themes tend to arise. And the theme that arose this week was triangles or trios. And it's a little bit of love triangles. It's also creativity triangles and sex triangles. It's very interesting. So we're going to start out with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck going on vacation in Montana and the fact that Jennifer Garner was snapped by the paparazzi right after this news broke and Ben Affleck posted a Mother's Day thing for her. So Sarah, what do you think about this J-Lo and Ben Affleck alleged recoupling? Well- Talk about a reboot. They're rebooting. No, this whole, yeah, the, uh, this episode is low-key about rebooting, LOL. So I think that Ben and Jen, I just want to say like opinion, they were one of my favorite couples of all time. I loved them together. They made perfect sense to me. And when they broke up, she goes on record saying that was her first big heartbreak. So- and and when they ask why they got why they canceled the engagement, it was really because she was at the like her words, she was really at the height of her J Lo celebrity fame, and there was just too much 
paparazzi. There was like too much stuff around them, making it really hard to like enjoy their lives or or really have the kind of sacred union that they would want. There was drama, there was chaos, there was it just like stopped being fun because they were both really in the height of their celebrity. This makes this is so ironic to me because I feel like at the time when they were dating back then, we were of course a lot younger. We were not as sophisticated in the ways of celebrity. And I thought their relationship was just totally legit. They loved each other. They were dating for normal reasons. Now with this recoupling is just ringing such alarm bells for me. I'm like, this isn't real. I don't think it's real. I don't believe it for a minute. They are playing with us. We know that Ben Affleck is thirstier than we ever gave him credit for before, Mm -hmm. because we always think that female celebrities are thirsty and calling the paparazzi, but so much evidence came out during early quarantine that he and Ana de Armas were calling the paparazzi on themselves day in and day out. There were videos of them basically like posing and walking slow. It's just so much clearer now that Ben Affleck is just as thirsty as, you know, the thirstiest female celeb that gets shamed for it. So what can you tell me about in their charts? Do you think that JLo and Ben Affleck are genuinely exploring getting back together? No, I don't think that they're exploring getting back together. I do think that they really love each other. And I think that they probably are extremely relieved to be together at this moment. Like, Ben did have a few rough years. I mean, he says he says divorcing uh, Jennifer Garner was the biggest mistake of his life, that he was an alcoholic, that he was shrouded with shame. He got a horrible back tattoo. He's gaining weight. He's He really lost his luster, you know, I think, in a way that it was very, I think, very humanizing. I'm still very attracted to him. But in a way that I think... I know, know he's got this, like, dirtbag thing that everyone loves. Because he's, like, so vulnerable. I don't know. He's a goat. Like, he is a star talent, star director, Hollywood elite. Seems like a really good dad, but then, like, you know, he has issues. And, like, they have been public and they have been embarrassing. And he has been embarrassed by them. So I think that what's nice for both of them is, you know, I think Ben wants to be with Jen because she reminds him of a version of himself and a time in his life where it was pre-bad press. It was pre, they were just a cool, I mean, yeah, Jilly was a bad movie. I guess that was the beginning of the end, but like- That could have happened to anyone. Sure. And I think that like, and it does, I, I think that they're, them being together is deeply comforting for both of them. I think they have a great friendship. I think they probably still have great sex. I mean, I could see JLo coming out of this A-Rod situation just feeling like she really needed, you know, just some loves, you know, and whether it's with an ex, I don't think they're going to get back together. No. Do you think they're hooking up? I don't even think they're hooking up. I actually am. I don't, I don't necessarily think they're hooking up either. I think it's possible that they're like cuddling. Like I think there's probably some physicality. I mean, they were engaged. They, They were two people that were in love and he's spoken so highly about her over the years, but no, I don't see them also because like just in terms of where they're at physically, I don't even know if he would be that comfortable with it. Like I think, you know, JLo is, you know, she's 50 and she's in her prime. She has never been sexier. She has never looked better. And I think being with him is a very comforting space. And I think uh, being with her makes him remember kind of who he wants to be, who he, who he really is. So I think this is a real, friendship more than anything you know in Les Mis when it's almost over and then you come back for that last you know do you hear the people sing and everybody (laughs) comes out all the dead people come out we got Fontaine in her ghost robe we got Cosette in the castle it's like so I think we're kind of seeing in our culture and specifically in America because we're having a Pluto return which is kind of an era ending um this is like the grand finale of America that we're in right now and all the ghosts are coming back yeah, I think this is just the, the big do you hear the people sing finale that we've all been waiting for. And so then it's like, oh, yeah, Jen and Ben. Oh, yeah. You know, and I won't give away the rest of the episode, but there's more. But yeah. it's like, I think that this is, yeah, this is sort of a coming together of the cast before we, we put on a whole new show. I think that makes total sense, even from my cynical PR celebrity viewpoint, because, yeah. you know, coming off of this J-Lo A-Rod breakup, 
JLo's biggest selling point as a star is she is desirable. She is sexy. That is her brand. That is what she's marketing. That is what she's selling. And getting cheated on by A-Rod threw this brand into turmoil. Even if you didn't see it, like there were definitely meetings behind the scenes of JLo's people being like, how are we going to rebound from this from all these cheating rumors because our girl cannot be seen to be being cheated on, let alone by a younger guy yeah, and let alone with younger women because her whole thing is defying age and staying sexy. So I think her coming, her being seen with Ben and all these gazillion leaks about them going out and hanging out together and how comfortable they make the, they make each other feel is, you know, the biggest visual that I think is associated with the Ben and Jen era was him literally kissing her ass on a yacht. Like, remember in the I'm Real, I think it was the I'm Real music video, he literally kisses her on the ass. So it's like, here is a return to J-Lo getting her ass kissed by a guy who not only is still a big star despite all of his turmoil, but a guy who we all know to be hung up on his ex, Jennifer Garner. So it's like JLo is such a temptress and she is so sexy that this guy who we know is still in love with his ex-wife would put that potential, you know, rebound in jeopardy by going out with JLo again. Well, here's the thing. I don't think there is a potential rebound for Ben. And I think thinking of it from a PR standpoint, which is like not automatically where my brain goes, you're so right that for both of them, it is image saving on some level, right? So now Ben isn't pining for other Jen anymore. Mm-hmm. And now JLo is going to go back to this, yeah, this guy who totally kissed her ass and who's actually more, I don't know. I mean, A-Rod is also a goat, but he kind of only did one thing. Like Ben's really more like Ben. And, and- A-Rod benefited much more from that relationship than JLo did. The other thing is Jennifer Garner. I just want to real quick say what Ben Affleck's, Instagram was for her for Mother's Day. I did love the gram. Very cute. Said, so happy to share these kids with you. Luckiest parents in the world. Thanks for all the good you do. Happy Mother's Day. Love their dad. So this is a final Hail Mary of like, hey, we've got these kids. I'm their dad. Don't you think it would be cool if we got back together? You know, like he's, and he makes himself look like a total, like dweeby dad in all the photos. He's dressed up as the tin man. It's very cute. So I I just thought that was cute. Well, I don't know. I don't think, um, so Jen's chart is really interesting. Jennifer Garner has uh, a stellium, which means like a large collection of planets in the 12th house, which is unconscious in Gemini, which is duality, partnership, relationships, you know, learning, kind of communicating. So I think that she, I don't see her ever being in a, I don't think, I think if she gets married again, she's going to get divorced again. I think that she's kind of here clicking with also past life, like clicking with old partners and like revisiting whatever needs to be revisited and like finishing the work. So like they had kids to have together, but I don't, I don't think that it goes beyond that. Speaking of Lilith, cause we talked about Lilith at the top of the episode. Is there anything Lilith related going on with this little trio here? Well, funny you should ask. So I'm looking at the comparison between Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck's charts right now, okay? And one of the things I think is really notable is that Jennifer Garner's Lilith is in the same place. It's connecting with his moon. So I think when we're talking about her going, my husband is not going to be a raging alcoholic. He's going to be there all the time or else I'm out. She meant it. And I think that he, his longing for her and his desire for her is heavily fueled by the fact that she is, she, she's Lilith to him. She's like, no, I'm out and I'm creating my own, my own Eden with our spawn and you can enjoy your, your little life. Like, I think that she's out. And I also think what's interesting is that- That's interesting. um, Who do you think is his Eve though? Because- I think JLo and Ben- so when I did the, I, I put their charts together. I did the, what's called a composite chart. It's the relationship chart. Their sun is in Leo and their moon is in Scorpio. So as a couple, they care a lot about the spotlight and there's it's like something, you know, there's something deeper going on where they are bonded and they're, yeah, let's, 
let's write our stories for the public. You know, like the relationship is one that is all about like showy, performative. They, they love being in the, in the convertible getting snapped by paparazzi. Like they, yeah. they, they, it's almost like the fact that the paparazzi and the fame is part of why they broke up. It's like they had a lesson to learn there because I do think that they called it upon themselves. And I think you're right. I think not only are they very comfortable together and happy together, and I think they're probably having a good time, but I, I think this is a, I think they're both massively uncomfortable if they are having bad press and if they are not being recognized as the stars that they are. And I think that they both raise each other's stock in mm-hmm. a way that is very comforting in this moment. And they clearly didn't know how to control the interest in them first time around. And now they've both been around the PR block a few times. They've both done a few PR relationship stunts. So, you know, I guess they're both like, hey, I've been to PR stunt school. How about you? Oh, yeah, you did too. I saw your Anna de Armas pop shots. Oh, I saw your fake A-Rod years-long relationship that you even took Instagram pictures at the inauguration with him. Like... We both know how to stunt now, so we're going to stunt together. And I think, yeah, they're, that's what they're doing. I don't think it's romantic. Yeah, I think it is going to save their PR. I think this bond is obviously getting them good press already. And even if they just don't hang out again in a week, it is going to make people forget about the J-Lo A-Rod breakup. I think, yeah, I think that's a huge – I think he really embarrassed her. Yeah. So another Hollywood – triangle love triangle that I just find funny because I hate Tom Brady because I'm an Eagles fan is Tom Brady's post about his two baby mamas Bridget Moynihan and Giselle Bündchen so Tom Brady quarterback formerly of the New England Patriots now the Buccaneers maybe he moved to Florida and he posted today or yesterday for Mother's Day about Giselle Bündchen and he put his three kids so his oldest son is actually Bridget Moynihan's son but he started dating Giselle while Bridget was still pregnant with the son, which always blows my mind. I'm like, I would never want to date somebody. Who, it's such a dirtbag move, you know? And if I found out that someone, it's a Tristan Thompson move. If I found out someone had a pregnant girlfriend, even if they were broken up, I'd be like, call me after the kid is born. Right? 100%. And like when they started, when Bridget Moynihan's son was born, Giselle Bunchen said in interviews, she was like, that kid is my kid. That's my son. I don't care. And I was like, okay, psycho. So now he's posted the thing for Giselle where he, he wrote how she was such a great mom. And one thing I kind of do love about Giselle that, that is kind of relatable and funny is that she seems to keep him on a short leash because- yes. He only acknowledged Bridget Moynihan with a story post that Giselle was also in the photo. So I feel like Giselle made that post. Like she was like, okay, he has to acknowledge Bridget somehow. This is how I'll do it. You know, it's, it's just funny to me. So what do you make of the astrology behind this little trio? Well, first of all, I just want to say, if I remember the story correctly, I, I want to, I'm a little embarrassed about this. I'm sort of a Tom Stan. So I love Brady. What? You live in Philly. You're not allowed to do that. I mean, I don't really live in Philly. My family's from Boston, but it's not even about that. I'm interested in like the name on the back of the shirt. You're right. Like I like talent. So to me, Tom Brady is an incredible talent. And when you hear his whole story, he's a good, he's like, he, he was like last pick in the draft. He just loved ball. He just loved, I think he's a kind of a simpleton who loves football That's for and loves sure. his dad. And, and I don't think he's like, so everyone, even when we're talking about politics and there's all the Trump stuff and there's, he's this, he's that. It's like, no, I think they gave him the hat because he was on the Patriots and crafted. Like, I don't, I just, I don't think he has deep thoughts. I don't think he's a, but what I do remember, and I'm not, I want to double check this, but I'm pretty sure that when he and Bridget got pregnant, they had been, it was an accidental pregnancy. They were breaking up. They were yeah. mid breakup when she got pregnant. And she said to him, look, I just want to have this kid anyway. I'm not getting any younger. And if I was going to have anybody's sperm, it would be yours. So I don't think he's as scumbaggy as it appeared. I think their relationship was over. And, and I do think that Giselle functionally has raised as a stepmom, I think she's been there this baby's entire life. So I actually don't think it was so bad. But what I think is interesting is that Bridget is a Taurus son. 
and a Saturn in Taurus. So on this Mother's Day, which is the, the, the big Tarn holiday, I think that we saw, when we're talking about the planet Saturn, it's, it's rules, restrictions, difficulties, boundaries, blockages. So I think every Mother's Day, she gets, the sun comes by her son and she gets highlighted as the mother of Tom Brady's first child. And then that Saturn, it's like, oh, like even if she doesn't care or if it didn't hurt her or whatever, I think she's constantly reminded that we don't remember what show she was in. We know she had that deep voice, but otherwise I don't know what else she's done. And that now I think, I think it haunts her that she is just Tom Brady's baby mama. Like, I think that is probably a real, like, punch to the gut. Yeah, that makes sense. We talked last week about Elon Musk being on SNL. People were really annoyed about it because he is definitely an evil billionaire. I personally think this is the first interesting thing SNL has done in a while. And I feel like, you know, it's comedy. It's supposed to push people's buttons. And, you know, if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable, that's fine. And I think people are smart enough to make their own decisions about Elon Musk. I think all the people who are pearl clutching over it, it's just like, you know, why do you think you're the only one who understands that he's an evil billionaire? Like how stupid do you think everybody else is? Right? I agree. I mean, okay. So I have Miley and Grimes's chart up right now. Let's take Elon out of it for a second, because we don't want to necessarily just focus on the evil billionaires solely, right? There are these two cool women that he's hanging out with. So he's got, you know, other than money, he must have something. Okay. But I think, okay, I, I'm going to throw something out there that's kind of wild. Now, this is, this is not even alleged. This is rumor starting, okay? Okay. Trash. Based on their synastry, though, based on Miley and, and Grimes' chart, just comparison, I think that they, I, I just, I think, they all, I think they all had sex. Oh, sure. I think Grimes and Miley are like, I think when they started hanging out, the reason it went so late is because, you know, Miley's single now. She had some other breakup. And I think that Grimes and Miley really hit it off. I think they have some past life karma. And I think that, you know, I don't imagine that Elon has that much time for sex, fatherhood, or any of the, you know, when you're an evil billionaire, like taking the people to Mars, I think that you probably are pretty preoccupied. He has like seven kids too. I think this man is busy. And I also think that he is not, even though he is a cancer, I think he's not being that domestic with any of them. Right. Yeah. So I think that- And the other thing is like, there are rumors that he would do like weird sex, group sex stuff in the Bay area. This has been like- Oh my God. Rumor. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, this, I did not know that. And the ast- that, when I look at the astrology of this, I'm like, oh, they all fucked. Like, I think that, and I, th- and I want to say this, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Grimes and Miley hanging out now. Oh I God, think I Grimes and Miley that. are a great, I think they're actually a great match. Grimes looks so cool in the pictures too. And she looks like she's dressed to impress. Like she really, because whenever she wants to pull it out and dress amazing and have like cool hair and cool makeup, she does it and she did it here. And it's like, okay, so what were you going for, Grimesy? Like, what were you, who are you trying to impress? Right, like Elon's already in the bag. She had his kid, but like, oh, Miley. Yeah. Okay. Let I me- love this. I love this fanfic. I, I think that's like, I think literally think that's what it is. I think that, they may have just connected in a real, real way. And we're not, we have not seen the M's, the end of Grimes and Miley. You heard it here first. Love that. What did you think about the episode? Did you watch any of the sketches or anything? The thing that I really thought was a cop out was he did mention a lot of his most controversial stuff, which I thought was interesting, but he sort of played his Asperger's diagnosis for as an excuse for the dumber things that he's tweeted. And it's like, okay, there are, so many people with Asperger's in the world who aren't tweeting crappy things about transgender people's pronouns and like things like that. And it's just like, don't lay this mess at Asperger's feet. You know what I mean? That's not what's causing this. I would, I will say though, like the minute I get any kind of diagnosis, I feel saved. I'm like run with it. Like, so I don't blame him for finding an excuse and running with it. Like, so for that, I can't hate, even though I agree with you. Like, yeah, yeah. sometimes you're just a jerk. Yeah, I think it's like he he 
tweets these really loose things, it's literally just because he's a rich white guy and he can. That's really what it is. It has nothing to do with being neurodivergent or anything. Any final thoughts on Elon Miley Grimes? I just have it on record here, folks. I don't think we've seen the last of Miley and Grimes. Do you think this could be the next big thruple in Hollywood or maybe the first ever thruple in Hollywood? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. And do you think... We talked about last week about how what they all have in common is sort of this Joe Rogan type brand of being super rich and sort of alty, but also kind of Republican when it suits them. Like, is there anything in their three charts that shows this? Like with Grimes, it's like, you know, she, she came up on SoundCloud. She comes across as this really avant-garde like you would assume that she's pretty progressive but she's now had a child with this guy who's like a union busting billionaire who every day wakes up and decides not to solve world hunger so is there anything goes that is in these people's charts that makes this come together well i think for um i think for grimes and for elon they both have Uh, important planets in Aquarius. And while we know Aquarius to be sort of that humanitarian, we are one, all the people, Aquarians can also throw you for a loop with their lack of empathy or compassion. It's it's sort of a cold sign. It's the water bearer. So if the water is the emotions, Aquarius is just like the sink, right? Mm -hmm. It's just holding the water. So I think that for, for Miley and for Elon, they both sort of have a very Aquarian ability to like snap in and out of you know, whatever the, like, whatever suits them. Like, they can just go, oh, this is actually what I think. You know, I think Grimes, um, I don't think she fits in. I think she's the really different one. I think Grimes is a total one of a kind. She's super duper Piscean. So I think if she ever veers in the lane of seeming socially unaware, the baby name, a little complicated, you know, certain things where we go, you know, Grimes, you could just make that a little bit more accessible or a little bit easier, whatever. I think that she really feels like if, if the Aquarian nature of, you know, Miley's Saturn is in Aquarius, Elon has his Mars in Aquarius, a lot of his North Node. I think they're kind of, you know, what what comes before Pisces, Aquarius. So I think they're kind of like setting the stage for Grimes. They're like, hey, you're walking over the rainbow bridge with us. Now we're in the other dimension. She's like, oh, wonderful. Now I can just like, because really all he did for her was give her more exposure and a baby. But like, I again, I don't think they have like a super close relationship. I don't think that they're, I think that he gives her legitimacy on earth where she's really an alien. And I think that Miley and... Uh, I think Miley and Elon are both squarely on earth. You know, he's a cancer, she's a Sag. They both have this Aquarian nature in their charts that they're working with. So I think they're both on earth trying to sort of get into outer space. Whereas I think Grimes is in space. And I think she's like, oh, hello, Earthlings. Okay, I'll come down and, and play with you. But I think she's, I don't even think she has any sort of like political opinion or I think she's really just like making her music and like swimming in, you know, like coal baths and stuff. Like, I think she's a real, a real true alien. Yeah. That makes total sense. And Miley, you know, she makes overtures toward being an alien, but she just isn't one. She wants to be too bad. You know, the real aliens are not saying they're aliens. Yeah. The real aliens are not twerking on Robin Thicke. Not that that was bad, but you know, it just was a very earth move. It was a very earth move. A hundred percent. Wow. Very basic earth girl. Wow, 100%. So let's move now to, you know, we've had three threesomes that we've discussed. They've all been lady, lady, man. Now let's move into a man, man, lady threesome, a devil's threesome in the purest sense of the word. Bill and Melinda Gates and Jeffrey Epstein, who did not kill himself. Of course he did not kill himself. Okay, so... Can you sum up this story? Because I actually am not up on this yet. So Bill and Melinda Gates filed for divorce last week after 27 years of marriage. First, it came out, talking about threesomes, that he had a Camilla of his own, and he had a a, a once a weekend, a once a year weekend with his ex, um, where we don't know what they did, but they went to her beach house, and I'm sure they're just friends, okay? (laughs) Now... This new information has come out that really the reason for the divorce 
is that this, you know, since 2011, 2013, Melinda has been uncomfortable with Bill's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Now, Bill has completely denied having any kind of relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. And yet there are logs, there's, there's, you know, MIT being sort of this academic centerpiece where they were actually receiving uh, donations on behalf of Epstein through Bill Gates. Like, so they actually- Here's the thing about Epstein is like, he's not going to go to the trouble of making himself into this crazy mover and shaker among billionaires and not go after the number one chief billionaire until recently, Bill Gates. He He's just not going to go to the trouble of buying the sex island and getting the Bill Clinton sex- portraits and keeping all the 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 tapes on everybody and not go after the biggest fish there is i agree completely and i think what's interesting when i pull up both of their charts now they were not born the same year or the same month but their moons are exactly in the same place so they both have uh, almost at the exact same degree eight degrees and five degrees aries moon so we know that everyone who has an aries is everyone with an aries moon a pedophile no, no, definitely not. I want to say on, on record, we have no, if you have an Aries moon, you are not necessarily a pedophile. But I do think in these cases, um, I think their Aries moon, the way that it kind of shows is that they're just impulsive. They're doing whatever they want. They're, they're kind of, you know, as as well thought out as they both have had to be in their lives. I think they're actually like, coming from impulse and then figuring out the rest. And so I think that- How many times does it say he was there? Well, there's like a lot. There's a lot of different logs of him like flying from New York to Palm Beach, which he says he never did. But it's like, I mean, unless these are fabricated flight logs, I I think that they're probably real. And I think that, you know, what's also interesting is Epstein's son, his solar energy is exactly conjunct- um, uh, Bill's Chiron, his ancient wound, which is in his seventh house of marriage. So I actually think 100% this Epstein thing did ruin his marriage. I think this is the thing that this, this awareness of the way that he was actually acting, despite his wife's, a wife that is like, yeah, go hang with your ex once a year is pretty cool. I think to say, let's not hang out with the billionaire pedophile is totally fair at that point. But I <laughs> And yet, I think Bill had to push it. I think Bill has his Chiron in Capricorn in the seventh house. And I think he I think he was going to mess up whatever marriages or marriage he was in, period. But I think Epstein's son being on that spot is like, and I'll be the, I'll be the facilitator of that awareness. Like, I think that on a karmic level, this really makes sense to me. Um, and I also think that, like, I think that we're talking about, again, the finale would they be getting divorced if Gislaine, whatever her name is, wasn't about to go to trial? Oh, oh. Melinda's like, count me out. I told you this was going to happen. You're about to get exposed. I want nothing to do with it. That's That's what I think. Isn't it crazy how we all assumed just because he was a nerd that he was nice? Totally. I feel like Elon's almost like the new phase of nerd because he's like, I'm a nerd and I'm not nice. Yeah. He's like, I'm a nerd and I have sex parties and like, yeah. yeah. But I think that like, I don't know, to me, the big question here is, you know, Bill is someone who's very controversial. I got vaccinated. Did he microchip me? I don't know. But he's someone that we really do trust with a great deal of money. Why do we trust him so much? Well, now it's like, no, now we like can't. Like, I feel like the minute that you find out that someone was traveling back and forth to Little Jeffy Island and not, there was also a really funny clip I came upon where um, Bill Gates is commenting on. So I guess like he, um, there was a conversation between him and Melinda where she was like, I get really bad vibes from him. I really don't like him. I don't want you going there. And then Bill did say a few unsavory things about Epstein that like, he was like, oh, I think that the the direct quote, which is so funny is like, well, he's not my taste. Like a lot of the furnishing in the house and a lot of the art was not my taste. Well, you know me. I listened, of course, to every single expose of Jeffrey Epstein there was from the beginning of this expose. And all of the art in the house, from what I understand, was like 
basically blown up home taken photos of naked children. <gasps> so like for Bill to be even like, I think it's so funny for him to be like, yeah, but I don't like his taste. He has weird taste in art. He has weird taste in, in uh, decor. It's like, uh, uh, well, wait till the police report comes out. Like, no, it's like when they do Like, yeah, going, he's got weird taste. You're literally committing a crime whenever you look at the art. Literally. That's right. So like, I, I think like, like without knowing that he was about to really get exposed because also they became friends or whatever they were after Epstein had already been convicted in Florida of whatever the first count they got him on was, right? So they knew what he was doing. Everybody was trying so hard to keep him out of trouble because he was so rich and he was just paying people off and giving people, you know, okay, well, I'll add, I'll add a wing to the police department. Will that help? Definitely, right? So, right. but like, I don't know. When Bill's making that comment, I don't think he necessarily imagines a world where the rich people are actually get exposed and held accountable. So I think he's so funny thinking of him being like, I just didn't like the artwork. And then it's like, you know, you listen to ABC Epstein pod and it's like, you walk through the halls and the, you know, the wall, the hallways are littered with photographs of pink, of, of like little girls on pink plush futons, you know, butt naked. And it's no, just like, that's awful. So bad, so bad. But then it's like, okay, but now, like now, I now I regret the vaccine. It's like if this is the guy who's telling me to get the vaccine, I can't trust anything he says. Well, we can't be conspiracy theorists, especially about the vaccine. But at the same time. This is crazy timing that uh, this, like for Melinda to want to divorce Bill now when his legacy is already sort of being questioned and sort of in peril does sort of lend credence to the idea that some really big shit's about to hit the fan with him and Epstein. And I don't think that means anything about the vaccine, but it is just like the fact that it's happening now makes me think something crazy is going to come out. Yeah, I agree. And I actually think that in general, like, look, I still like an R. Kelly song. I like the Woody Allen movies. Like, I have the maybe psychotic ability to separate the art from the artist. So I also understand that when we're talking about geniuses or billionaires or these these sort of larger-than-life figures in in our world, for them to have some kind of weird sex thing is sort of standard at this point. Like, mm-hmm. I think we, we – so I'm not – like that shocked and I think you're right like I, I don't think it takes away from the validity of his work that also, is like, I'm not gonna quit like it, this vaccine could have been made by Hitler and I would still take it if it means I can go to the bar and drink a fucking margarita <laughs> I didn't have to make you know like it, the any hall it's different I'm gonna <laughs> separate it from the artist a hundred percent yeah I can say so to me it's like right I think he's not all bad and I think that Melinda has a pretty good head on her shoulders. I mean, I think they did have a probably a pretty good relationship. They uh, they amassed billions together. There was no prenup. So like, I do think they had a good relationship and I think this was probably the thing where she was like you are too big for your britches. You are flying too close to the sun. I think he probably knew what was going on, but he also was like I'm not going to blow the whistle. I think that was the main thing that Jeffrey Epstein had on all these people was just the fact that they didn't blow the whistle. Because I think most people would like, no matter how much of like a horn dog you are, you still know a crime is a crime is a crime. Especially if you're as smart as Bill Gates. Like Prince Andrew is dumb enough to participate and most people aren't. And like egotistical enough. I really believe in the theory that Jeffrey Epstein was some sort of plant from either the CIA or some other organization to get dirt on all of the richest people in the world. Because just the fact that you went to the island at this point is dirt. And I don't even think all the people who went there participated. I really don't. I think you have to be a a unique form of dumb to participate in that a la Prince Andrew, like he's dumb enough and egotistical enough to be like, yeah, I'll get away with this because I'm a prince. But I don't think Bill Gates would be that dumb. And I think that the the fact that he's been to the island is damning enough. And I think Epstein knew that. And I think that was his whole deal. Get as so many- like the minute that he broke someone in, he then kind of owned them. And then, right, everyone's protecting him 
because they don't even want to be associated. Right. Bill saying over and over, I don't even know that guy. I have no relationship with him. He's not a friend. He's not a colleague is just not true. And so, right. There is some stronghold over him where he's like, I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into it. The other weird thing about the bill situation though, was when he was asked about Epstein, they, he did make a comment that was something along the lines of like, yeah, part of my job is to, you know, fundraise and, and get other billionaires and other really rich people to donate their money to these humanitarian services. But in my mind, it's a little bit like, you need more people's money, Bill? Like, yeah. who else's money? Who are you trying to get on board? You have all the money. Like, yeah. so that is a little weird to me. Like, I don't know why. It's one thing if he got there one time, but the fact that they did have this extended relationship is a little bit troubling. Mm-hmm. Um and well, that's the thing. I think the reason why anyone had any sort of extended relationship with him is because when you're at that upper echelon of wealth and glamour and private jets, the circle of trust gets smaller and smaller and smaller by the day. The more money you are amassing, the fewer people you trust. And the more the people around you will screw themselves over and you and lose your trust. So I think when you meet someone who just by virtue of knowing every other billionaire is in that circle of trust, you're gonna not ask questions. You're gonna be yes. like, oh, I've heard that some weird stuff goes on at this guy's island, but you know, Bill Clinton is photographed with him. So how weird could it be or how bad could it be? You know? So I think it was just like by virtue of the fact that he knew every rich person, they all accepted him and they'd all didn't question it. Well, except that I I don't think it's that they didn't question. I think that, I think that people can convince themselves of anything or can go, well, everyone's a little bit perverted. And they'll look at it and they'll say, oh, that girl was probably 18. They weren't probably like whoever was flying. That is what a lot of them were saying. When you do hear anybody that says they were there, they're like, we just, we knew they were young, but we thought they were, you know. Right. Because, and that's why like, it's the perfect crime for getting dirt on people because we do have this arbitrary line in the sand of when it becomes legal versus illegal to sleep with someone. And right. it, it's, if they are within a certain age frame, you just have plausible deniability or so you'd think of being like, oh, I thought they were of age. I will say though, Bill has his son, his Venus and his Saturn Bill Gates. in Scorpio in the fourth and fifth house. So what I can tell you from his chart is that this is a man who knows how to keep secrets, has no problem keeping secrets. And I could see him being a little bit on the wrong side of history in ways that he thought would never come out because Scorpio is really about secrets and keeping things hidden and what really goes on behind closed doors. No, I think that it's, I, I don't think anybody didn't know what was going on. I don't think any single person did not know what was going on. I think they all were, they, they had taken the blue pill or whatever the matrix version of the wrong one was. And they're like, this is just how things are. And like, you know, not my place to say, or, well, everyone's a little weird. I think they, I, and I think that the number of secrets that everybody has on everybody else is pretty huge. I yeah. think that it's, I think the only thing stupid about this, these celebrities where they, they really thought that they were in this protective bubble of money that could save them from exposure. But I don't think anybody had a problem with what he was doing. I think everyone knew about it. And I think everyone just felt like, well, Hollywood. Yeah. Finance, finance guy. It's so so crazy. I have a huge issue with, I give people the benefit of the doubt way too often. And I'll be like, they couldn't have meant it. And then I'm like, no, they did. People actually knew. Yeah. People just actually are evil. So when is the finale of Les Mis going to end and we will be done exposing the underbelly and finally get a new world order? Honestly, I think we're going to start to really see major changes happen in the, in the fabric of our society, like February, 2022, that is when the official Pluto return of the United States happened. And that is when Pluto has gone through its whole, you know, 250 year cycle. And it's now coming back and Pluto is death and rebirth and transformation. So this is basically Pluto has gone. America was established and Pluto has now moved through the whole Zodiac really slowly, you know, digging up dirt and 
experiencing everything and sort of seeing what needs to stay and what needs to go. And now when Pluto has its return in the United States, it's like no human ever lives through a Pluto return, right? But nations do. So if you look back in history, like the fall of the Roman Empire was also during a Pluto return. Like a lot of these these empires that fall have everything to do with Pluto. So I think by February of next year, we are going to see some major changes in the structure of the systems in this society. And I do think that America is sort of this like modem for the world. Like it's sort of this like connector to everybody. So I think when America changes the power structure and there is this death and rebirth that occurs, it will then have ripple effects and it will change the planet. Well, that's very exciting. And I can't wait. This has been a great time talking about all of these little weird trios and a great first episode of Space Trash. I loved it. And, you know, I guess the other thing about the trios, though, that I think why it's coming up is because we do have Saturn and Jupiter in Aquarius. And I think Aquarius is the sign that, like, if there was any sign that was going to represent multiple relationships, it would probably be Aquarius. And I also think the North Node is in Gemini. Gemini also represents dual relationships and duality. So I think now, culturally, a lot of these threesomes are really up for debate or or just being exposed because I think we're also meant to see how normal it is. Like I think that we've also had certain ideas about traditional marriage or traditional partnership or the right way to do things or what is like good or bad and this guy's bad for doing this or good for doing this or you know I love that Melinda let him have a girlfriend because I actually think that for some people they were they need that. Like I actually don't think everyone is meant to be monogamous and I don't think that you know, the, the confines of marriage, I I think he might've cheated anyway. And she was like, okay, let me actually, I think they're kind of, I think there's, there's an exposure happening where it's like, oh no, families are, uh, dual in nature. And there are, there often are two different baby mamas or, you know, there are these kind of, and it doesn't need to be so taboo. Yeah. I think that that's really what's, that's why I would love to see my biggest hope from this combo would love to see an Elon Miley Grimes official statement. I think like that is a way to do polyamory in a, in a way that, that could actually work. We are hereby predicting the Elon Grimes Miley thruple. I'm here for it. I love it. Yeah. And I'm all for this uh, as we move into this new age, having people have multiple partners, but I am still going to just be irrationally angry at dads who don't live with their kids because they have multiple families. I'm still going to be mad about that. Well, I think when we're talking about like the structure of life changing, I think more than just like staying mad about it, I think we'll see that like there may be some solutions available or there may be more of like kibbutz style living. You know, the WeWork guy wasn't all off. Like he was right that I think we are coming into, I mean, I don't necessarily have a problem with polyamory or monogamy, but I do think that as they both stand currently in society, they're dysfunctional. Both of these practices are dysfunctional for many reasons. And it does usually leave kids being the beneficiaries of of tough karma to then work out or emotional issues or psychological issues, whatever. So I think that that'll be part of what changes, just like the way that we're being about how we raise our families, how we do collective communities, how we do societies where there might be multiple relationships happening, but so that it's not so disconnected or secretive or taboo so that it's actually something that is, you know, celebrated and actually the kids have more support and the kids have more parental care. So that would be my sort of guess um, astrologically, not that I think monogamy is over anyway. And like, for example, people start like your chart is extremely monogamous. I know your chart. You don't have a chart that would be interested in polyamory. Taurus, Capricorn, you want stability. You want routine. You want structure, right? But you know, different people, if you, if you have a, if you have a Gemini moon, it might be really hard for you or a Gemini Venus, even it might be really hard for you to ever imagine actually picking one person. So I think what astrology gives us, which I'm so excited that we can bring to you on this pod moving forward, but astrology gives us this lens to look at everything that's going on with compassion. So it's not like, you know, the dogma of good or bad or right or wrong or evil or pure. It's actually like, no, there are different in the same way that Elon can claim to be, you know, neuro different or whatever the term is. 
I think that we are all astro different and our makeup is unique to us. And if we understand ourselves and the people around us and take away this sort of judgment layer, there's much more empathy and compassion. And, and we can build from that place in a way that I think um, we just didn't account for before. We just were like, this is right. This is wrong. The patriarchy, Eve, Adam, they're good. Everyone else bad. Jews bad. Lilith bad. And it's like, no, no, no. We're all people. And actually we've been reincarnated a billion, million times. And we all have a little everything in our charts. So let's just get to know each other and ourselves and just like drop the judgment. Absolutely. Where can we find you on the internet? You guys can follow me at Sarah Armour, S-A-R-A-A-R-M-O-U-R-N, The Moonual, C-H-E-M-O-O-N-U-A-L. And you can come on Tuesday. We have a show. It's going to be great, 6 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday, the 11th. And otherwise, follow The Moonual. We are there every two weeks, and it's super fun. And yeah, that, I hope to see you there. And you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Molly Molshine. And you can find me at the Moonual. I will be there as well on Tuesday talking about Taurus traits. Please check out our Patreon. Please read and review us on Apple Podcasts. And we will be back next week. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles. The rich and your race. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. (laughs) Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.